Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Yes, thank you guys. Thank you for leading us, Jordan, Jared, and the team. Wow, what a beautiful day, huh, of worship and praise as we gather together. And I want to welcome you here as well. Today, I'm John Adams, lead pastor here at the Vine, and I want to welcome you in person and those of you who are online, and we are just rejoicing. Isn't that how great thou art? Those words are just, they'll never just stop me from being staggered by the grace of God. I mean, he bled and died to take away my sin, and just, and that he's going to come again, and that when we're face to face, it's all going to be well. Everything's going to be good when we're in the presence, the full presence of Almighty God. How great is God's grace, right? He is wonderful in all His ways. And so today we're going to see from this passage that we're going to look at in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 that the God's grace impacts everything. Everything. Nothing is without being impacted. And today, uh, we've seen that in the last several weeks. Uh, Three weeks ago, uh, we looked at God's care and impacting the nations uh, with His grace. And we talked about how we are to honor our leaders and pray for them, no matter what side of our party we're in. And and then last week, we looked at the the whole idea of adoption. Adoption Sunday, how we're to care for the most vulnerable, orphans, sojourners, widows. Are we that kind of church that is really motivated by grace to care for the, those who can least care for themselves? And today we're going to see how God's grace impacts your financial generosity. And so we see that God's grace impacts everything. And so look with me if you have your Bibles or your handhelds to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 7. And I'll remind you as you're turning there that uh, we're in a year of preparing you in the Word, so it's good to bring uh, your Bibles or your handhelds so you can see the context of the passage of the Word of God and you can grow in understanding what the Bible is teaching you today. This is God's holy and gracious word, we put ourselves under the authority of God and his word today. So listen now to God's word. 2 Corinthians 8. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that he has as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel 
in this act of grace also. This is God's gracious, holy word. And so today as we look at this passage, again, we're going to see that grace impacts everything. And the first way, it, it, it impacts things. It creates these amazing models of generosity. And we see this in verses 1 through 5. Uh, in the context is we look at comma throughout the year. It's, it's an acronym, C, context. The churches in Macedonia, which was in northern Greece, uh, gave incredibly generously in joy, though they were extremely poor. And so they surprisingly generous church and community. And remember, you might know that Macedonia is northern Greece, Corinth, to whom this letter was written, and was in southern Greece. When the Roman armies came in, they basically took over and stripped the north of all the wealth, and the south kept the wealth. How about that? Yeah. And, uh, and so that happened, and in the north, there were the churches of Philippi, Berea, and Thessalonica. And, 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 and so there up in the north, these churches of Macedonia were unusually generous. And, uh, and they were also full of joy. So how is that? How is that you, know? you usually think, man, if you're comfortable and you're, you know, you're, you're wealthy, you're fat and happy and sassy, you're, uh, you know, you are good. But here, they're struggling. They're poor, but they're filled with joy and extreme financial generosity. They begged Paul for the opportunity to give. Who does that, right? Who begs the preacher to give? Can you beg me to give? You know, that would be an incredible, crazy community, right? But we see here that uh, in observing, oh, observing some of the facts that they were in, verse number two, they were going through a severe test of affliction and their abundance of joy there was extreme poverty as well. So there was, they were in this huge test within their whole lacking for themselves. They were giving to others and especially to the churches of Jerusalem who were also struggling with poverty. And we see, how did they do that, guys? Is it because, is, is it because poor people are better givers or they're more joyful? I don't think it's about being poor or rich. I think what the principle we see here is generosity is measured not in terms of quantity, but sacrifice relying on the grace of God. Verse 1, again, Paul says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. Did the other churches have grace? Yes, they did. But guess what the, the church of Macedonia was really good at? Receiving God's grace. Welcoming God's work into their hearts and lives. And so they were changed in that way. So how did God's grace work specifically in their lives? And we see this in verse 5 particularly. Verse, verse 5 again says this, and this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. This was unexpected by Paul because people don't just do this on their own. 
This was an act of God where really struggling financially people were giving their stuff all away. That's a God work. And we know that is. And we see here that this, this church, before their own personal advancement in their family, their friends, thinking about, hey, how am I going to give money away to my kids? They didn't even have money enough sometimes to feed their family, apparently. And they were still giving money away, and God was providing for them, even in the midst of this. It's kind of crazy. It doesn't make sense. It's supernatural. It's grace. They were moved by God's grace. And see, here's another principle we see in verse 5. Before they gave them money to the Lord, they gave their lives to him. Before they even gave money to the Lord, they gave their lives to him. Look, if, what are your, if you're not a Christian, of course, we would love to see you give your life to God. God's grace will fill you with purpose, joy, value, focus, even through the hardest of circumstances. Many of us have attested to that over and over again in this church, in this community. And there's something for you here, Christians. If you're a Christ follower, are you giving yourself first to the Lord? Are you? Are you really giving yourself? Lord, I'm yours. Every part of me is yours. My mind, my heart, my thinking, my, my family, my work, my relationships. Yes, even my money. Every part of me, I want to say, I want to give every bit of me to you. And so the, these Macedonians had a growing heart for God and his glory, and it freed them, freed them to be generous. Hey, they, this wasn't a bad thing for them to give. They wanted to. They were eager. They were generous. And guess what? They were blessed by it. And obviously, they didn't die because of it. God provided the poor Macedonians gave literally sacrificially to the Lord because of God's grace. And we see this throughout the Bible. Remember Jesus, he tells that story in Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4, about the poor woman who gave all she had to the Lord. All she had was two little copper pennies left to her name. What did she do? She gave it to the Lord. Can you imagine doing that? That's all you have. She gave it away. And there Jesus is contrasting the wealthy people who were giving maybe lots more money, certainly lots more money, but it wasn't even impacting them. It was like, I can write that check. That's no problem. And look at me. No, these, this woman, got, Jesus commended because of her trusting him even when she was extremely poor, just as these Macedonians did. So what does this look like for in your life and my life today? And I just encourage you to ask yourself as you think about even your finances and what does it mean to be a model of generosity for you? What does it mean? And the first question I think we need to ask, I need to ask as well, am I giving my life away to any other thing or person more than God? Am I giving myself first to the Lord? You see, I remember Augustine, he was an old guy in the 300s, and he used to say this. He was over the church in Africa, North Africa, and he used to say, love God and do what you want. 
And what he meant by that is, is if you prioritize God as the first priority, everything else will fall properly in place. Is there anything or person that is vying for your attention with the Lord? And that you're sort of, you're thinking this is more important. And you know that it's more important if you think about it, you stay awake at night about it, you have worries or fears about it. The, those, the things that you consume you. I know none of you, you guys are thinking about the masters today, right? You know, the things that drive you in your life. What are those things that you're thinking about? Those are probably the things that have become too important in your life. They could even be good things. But they become too important more than God. So, so we see that God's grace in this passage impacts everything. It creates models of generosity. And secondly, it gives us the motive of generosity. Verse, verses 6 and 7. Look at that again with me. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. Paul, Paul sent one of his companions who traveled with him, his name was Titus, to deliver this letter, 2 Corinthians, to the church at Corinth. And, and to then receive from the church the financial gifts that they had promised to give to the church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem was really hurting. Lots of persecution, lots of poverty. They needed encouragement. Paul had gone to, said to Corinth, give. They need some help. And they said, yes, we'll give. But apparently they had not completed that action. And so Titus was coming to receive that gift and encourage the church at Corinth and take it to Paul, who would take it to the churches there in, in Jerusalem. Here's a little problem. <laughs> Between the first letter, if you don't, there's a second Corinthians, because why, guys? There's a first Corinthians. And, and between those two letters, Paul, we know from God's word in second Corinthians, it says he sent what was called a severe letter. It was harsh, and it was talking about their sin. And how many of you like people pointing out your sin? Not so much, right? It's not so joyful. And so here, the, probably the church at Corinth was a little bit like, whoa, Paul, you're, you're coming on too strong here. You're, you're, uh, <laughs> we're not sure we want to give here. And this was an area where they weren't probably the greatest at, at giving. And so they were challenged in their giving to this gift that would go to the churches in Jerusalem. But see, Paul says in verse 6, complete among you this act of grace. Obviously, again, the church of Corinth had promised this gift, but they didn't follow through. And here's another principle from God's word. Good intentions in your giving are not enough. They're not good enough. You can want, I mean, how many of you think giving, especially to those who are struggling, the most vulnerable in churches, Christians that we can help, like we're trying to help this December, the church in Cuba. So that's a good thing because they're struggling with extreme poverty right now. 
And we should do that, right? All of you would say yes. But if good intentions, we may want to give, but we don't, if we don't actually say we give, each of us, as individuals and as a church, it, 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 it's useless. In fact, it might be lull you into a religious place of where your faith you know, you said, I'm going to do this, and then, hmm, no, I, I've got some challenges. So, um, you know, I, that guy hurt me in the church, so I'm not sure I, can, I want to give, because that guy was pretty rude. Or your circumstances, you're struggling because you had a good several months, you're now you're hitting a little lull, and you're, I'm not sure I can do that. I'm not sure I can make that gift. Or you don't, haven't developed... The, the muscles of giving, and you're not used to it. And so you're, you're not in a pattern of giving, and so you're, so you're just sort of on the sidelines, maybe with it. Whatever you're, maybe you have reasons why you're not giving up. But here's my pastoral counsel to you. In giving financially right now, don't just suck it up and give. Rather, connect with Jesus the owner of all things and his word and be refreshed by him, his grace. He, can, he wants to give you in your heart more than you could ever give financially or give in service or give in any way that you could give back to God. Do we believe that? I think we believe that conceptually, but in reality, when push comes to shove, it's hard to believe this, especially, you know, if you think about, you know, Forsyth County, our, our, we, we are, the Macedonians were poor, but we're a rich county. Our average median income is over 100000 a year. The national average is about fifty-five. Look, you may not be at hundred a year, maybe. But here's the po- point. It's not about rich or poor. It's about are you, are you receiving God's grace? Are you knowing that it's not about just, you know, we could be seen as a rich county. Maybe you have wealth, perhaps. But look, are you rich in spirit? Are you rich in joy? Are you free from fears? Do you have great friendships? Or do you know how loved and accepted you are? Sometimes, unfortunately, the wealthiest people struggle the most to really receive and to receive God's grace because we think, maybe wrongly, we earned it. We did this. We're smart. And so we have a harder time at times relying on God. And so the Lord is teaching us, how do we rely on him? How do we complete verse 6, this act of grace that appears two times in verses 6 and 7. Verse 7 tells us that the Corinthians were excelling in the acts of grace by, notice this, by faith, speech, and knowledge. And we know that some of them, they they had a lot of gifts. They had a lot of faith. Remember, uh, they had a faith that moves mountains in 1 Corinthians 13.2 tells us that. They had a lot of gifts of communication and skills, of speech skills. We see that in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. 
And they had a lot of people gifted with knowledge. 1 Corinthians 12, 8. I wonder if they were Presbyterians. They had lots of gifts, but apparently one gift they didn't actually have was giving. But here's the deal, church. Paul said we're all to give and be generous, whether we have that gift of giving or not. Are we a generous people? And so here, uh, though it was the, maybe the hardest act of grace for the church of Corinth to follow through with was this financial giving. God says through Paul, you need to excel in this and complete your act of giving. The word excel means to grow in abundance to the point of overflow. Let me just say it one more time. Excel in here, we say that in verse 7, two times. That word means to, to grow in abundance even to the point of overflow. What does that look like? Do you just like sit there and you overflow? <laughs> Do you just like, oh, okay, I'm going to overflow now. I'm going to excel. Or is it like you doing something? Okay, I'm going to work harder at this. Okay, I'm going to be more committed in my regular giving to, to the church, to the, to the poor, to those that God shows me to be committed to. Do you just do that? No. Excel is our people who are saying we are excelling first at receiving. Receiving God's grace. And when you begin to be more of a person that knows how do you actually say, God, your love through Jesus Christ and his rescuing love changes my heart, my heart, and it gives me joy. And then out of love, joy, and his Holy Spirit's leading, we can overflow with our acts of service, with our love for each other, and yes, with our giving financially. We can excel as we receive. So are you a person that's receiving God's grace? I know a lot of you are Christians. You're in my church family. But are you overflowing in abundance of God's grace? That's what God desires for you this year. He wants grace to impact every area of your life. But it's hard at times. And here's a story that I remember years ago, probably 40 years ago, I read this little pamphlet, and I'd recommend it to you. You can get it online for free. Robert Boyd Munger, M-U-N-G-E-R. It's called My Heart, Christ's Home. There's a children's version, too. And um, it's just like six pages long, easy read. And there, it's, it's a story when he says, my heart, Christ's home, he's talking about that our hearts are like a house with many rooms, you know, just like your house. And, and there, um, <clears throat> Jesus comes to show up to our house. Imagine that. Would you prepare that for that? I mean, you've prepared for a lot of people. I know I would. Man, my house would be looking good. <laughs> if Jesus was coming to my house. And so, so the story goes on. He come, this, the, Jesus comes to this man, comes in his house, the, comes into the kitchen first. It's immaculate. I mean, it's 
beautiful. He goes into the living room. All the toys are picked up. Nothing's trashed. Blankets are fall folded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looks great there. And wow, that looks great. Your house is wonderful. It's beautiful. You're taking great care of it. And then he goes up into the bedrooms. Oh, a little more risky, but he, he sees the bedrooms are clean and clear and everything is folded and everything is neat and it looks all in order. But Jesus says, well, what's, what's that back there? And, and, and the guy says, oh, you don't need to see that. It's a, it's a closet. And the man knows what's in the closet. It, a couple of rats have died and it's stinky in there. And, and uh, you know, he's got all sorts of, he jams all his debris in there. He has never cleaned it up or organized it. It's messy. It smells. It's, it's just a, Jesus, let's just keep moving on. Like a realtor, like trying to have you avoid that bad place in the house. But it's that closet that Jesus knows about. In fact, he knows exactly what's in that man's closet in all the mess and the smell and the stinkiness and the disorder. You see, that's a picture of our God knowing you and your heart. Every one of us have that place, probably, that God already knows about and he loves you even still that just is, it's not a nice place to be. But what he wants you to do today is to open the door and say, let me, I'm going to clean it for you. Oh, that's novel. God's going to do the work. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm opening the door. You come and do the work. And he'll make it smell beautifully. It's going to be organized like no one ever could. Jesus is going to do the work. You see, friends, some of us with giving, you know, it could be lots of things. It could be, you know, your, that closet. There's, there's envy or jealousy or there's anger because uh, that you have. There's lack of forgiveness. There could be many, many things in there, but there also could be something called stinginess. You're not generous. And it's back in that dark, dank, smelly closet, and you don't want Jesus to see it, but he already does. Just acknowledge that today. Open your heart and life to Jesus. And he's just saying, just open the door, and I'm going to clean this thing for you. Will you trust me? So today, as we come to Lord's Supper. I want to give you an illustration as you prepare your heart. Because God's grace impacts everything. It should increase, impact the way that we respond to Him right now in this important moment. So uh, I've told you before this illustration, if you've been here in a while, but it's just the illustration of a hand in generosity, clenched like a fist, and I can be, you can be stingy. You can be closed. It can be, this can apply to relationships, almost anything. But you can have a closed spirit. You can be a hardened heart. You can be like, no, I'm holding on to my things. 
And uh, what God wants you to do is to just open your heart today to him. And I'm going to ask you in just a moment, palms down, just to pray with me. And palms down is like this picture of, I'm saying, God, whatever way I've been trusting in my own self or my things and you not providing, whatever way I've been holding on to stuff, I'm, gonna, I'm turning from that. I'm opening that, that closet of stinginess, and I'm going to say I reject that and repent of that. But then with just palms up, what you're just saying simply here is I am ready by faith and obedience to follow your Holy Spirit's lead. Not what John says, but what the Holy Spirit says. How, are, how is the Holy Spirit prompting you in financial generosity right now? Even as I speak, God is giving you, some of you, some clarity on this. So as we come to communion, Lord's Supper, let's open the door of that closet. And we're going to start right now by taking that closed fist of maybe our own works, our own stinginess, and we want to open it. Will you open it? And will you pray with me right now? Palms down in repentance, trusting God. First of all, if you're not a Christian, here's the great time for you to turn from your life of self-reliance and and receive Jesus. Just turn, simply acknowledge your sin and then receive Jesus. And Jesus will come and enter in. He promises to do so and tell someone you did this. But if you are a Christ follower with palms down, we say, Lord, we repent. Help us, God. We do have more than we deserve. It's all from you. And we we can say those words, but help us to understand in meaning. God, we reject our own works, our own efforts, our own hanging on to stuff, our own reliance. Lord, we want to say, forgive us for being stingy with you. Or God, help us for not there's completing an act of grace of giving. You've 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 indicated in our hearts that you've wanted us to do. Forgive us. Lord, and then if there's anything else you need to just repent of right now, give it to him. Open that door of the thing that you've been struggling with to open to him. And now as your palms turn upward by faith, we receive you, Jesus. We thank you for your grace. Lord, we want to give ourselves first to you. First to you. God, we want to know your great generosity towards us. We come, Lord, right now in this time, in this moment, to receive once again the fresh grace of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. And then God, fill us with your Holy Spirit that we would obey you, not out of duty, but out of delight and loving obedience. Help us, Lord, we pray. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Make us more joyful. Fill us afresh with that joy. And God, give us that heart of grace that we would even at some point as a church beg to give 
financially, and that would be only you who could do that. So thank you. So we praise you. We glorify your name. In your beautiful name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.